ora, I'm Chelsea Daniels. It's February 12th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Later this year, when Americans return to the polls for the next presidential election, they're likely to experience a bit of deja vu. Number 46, Joe Biden is likely to face number 45, Donald Trump, in a rematch of 2020. And as we slowly edge closer to Election Day, both men find themselves facing intense criticism for very different reasons. So, will Biden be able to overcome concerns about his age and memory to hold on to the White House? Or could Trump make a return despite a series of criminal cases? Today on the front page, we're joined from New York by News Hub US correspondent Mitch McCann to weigh in on the upcoming election in the land of the free. Mitch, let's start with the most recent concerns raised about Joe Biden. A special counsel report into his handling of classified documents was returned just last week. What were the specific concerns raised in this report? Yeah. Hi, Chelsea. Well, this report was looking into how and why Joe Biden had retained classic documents when he left the vice presidency in 2017. Now, that's something you're not allowed to do. And the report was meant to find out whether or not Joe Biden should face criminal charges. And the report concluded that while he did willfully retain these documents, the Justice Department found there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute Joe Biden because they felt a jury would not convict him. So they made the decision not to prosecute him further. Now, that should have been good news for Joe Biden, right? He's not going to jail. He's not going to be prosecuted. But it turned into quite the disaster because one of the reasons they decided not to prosecute him is because they looked at his age and the report described him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with bad memory, and they didn't think they could get a conviction. And the bad memory aspect of that is very bad for Joe Biden because that's one of the most sensitive things in terms of his credibility at the moment that he's trying to push back on. He's 81 years old, and a lot of Americans think he's too old. So that's really kind of fanned the flames of that argument, uh, the special counsel report. It even said that he forgot when he finished his vice presidency and he forgot when his son Bo died. Uh, So some pretty cutting remarks against Joe Biden in that report. I mean, that all led to a press conference where Biden actually had to defend his memory while making more slip-ups. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's totally out of- How bad is your memory and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad I can let you speak. How have Americans reacted to that display? Well, it hasn't gone down well among people that I've been speaking to here in the United States. As you said, after that report came out, Joe Biden spoke about it at a a rally for a little bit and then sort of moved on with the day, hoping that would be the end of it. But this report created quite the firestorm. So he decided he would have a sort of impromptu press conference with 15 minutes notice for the reporters at the White House. And it was tense. It was awkward. He was angry. He was emotional. And it didn't really come off well. And as he walked away to finish the press conference, he got asked a question about the war in Gaza. 
So probably much to the dismay of his aides, he walked back to the podium to take more questions and made a mistake where he confused the leader of Egypt for the leader of Mexico, which was pretty bad timing considering the whole thing. He was trying to tell people that his memory's not bad and he's sort of all good. So that was a bit of a disaster again from him. And one of the things I found interesting in the last few days is normally stories like this can sort of go away after a news cycle, 24 or 48 hours. But even this morning here in the US, all the talk shows are being dominated by this age issue for Joe Biden. So as I say, what could have been a positive report because he's not being prosecuted has turned into quite a terrible situation for him. Republicans have been quick to attack Biden on this issue, but Donald Trump has had a few memory lapses himself, hasn't he? He certainly has, yeah. Uh, And I think a lot of people are forgetting that. Joe Biden is 81. Donald Trump is 77. So they're not too far off in terms of age. And recently, Donald Trump confused the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, with Nikki Haley, another candidate running for president, when he was talking about the January 6th Capitol riots. And there's a few examples there of Donald Trump making mistakes as well. But I don't think people here are as concerned about Trump's age as they are Biden's. I think there's a few different reasons. Donald Trump, you know, whether you like him or not, is still seemingly full of energy and vigor at these rallies. He can speak for an entire hour full of energy about, you know, whatever he wants. Uh, He doesn't appear to sort of drift off in the middle of speeches like Joe Biden. And there aren't as many, well, I haven't seen any actually videos of him sort of falling over or tripping upstairs, which there are many of Joe Biden. So I think Americans are concerned about both ages of these candidates, but more so Joe Biden. Nikki Haley, you know, they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. They turned it down. What are Americans saying to you about the age situation for both of them? I think a lot of people are frustrated that there's no one better to be running for president. I was looking at some polls today from ABC News and 86% of Americans, so nearly all of them, think Joe Biden is too old to serve another term and 62% of Americans think Donald Trump is too old to serve another term. So overwhelming majority of people here in the US think that the two candidates they're likely to have to vote for in November are just too old. Uh, And Donald Trump has this grip over the Republican Party, so they're going to go with him. And it's really not the done thing to run against a sitting president. So Democrats aren't running against Joe Biden. So you've got the situation where you've got two sort of, with all respect, elderly men vying for the job of the most important leadership in the world. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Who else is there? There are some candidates, particularly in the Democrat Party. There's someone like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. He's sort of very popular He's young. He's got a lot of vigor, energy. But like I say, he's committed to Joe Biden's campaign helping him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, and I've talked to some sort of academics over here, whether or not they have sort of campaigns in their back pocket ready to go. But it is almost too late. The other person is Kamala Harris, the vice president, uh, who a lot of Kiwis will know. She could run if Joe Biden stood down. But part of the problem there is that Kamala Harris has almost lower approval ratings than Joe Biden. So they're stuck there. In terms of the Republicans, they did have a number of candidates. Nikki Haley, who's an extremely competent politician. She was the uh, US-UN ambassador under Donald Trump. She was also the governor of South Carolina. For many people here, she would be an excellent choice, but they can't see past Donald Trump. So you've got these other people waiting in the wings, but they're just not getting enough cut through. 
for this election, maybe in four years' time, but yeah, who knows? I mean, when it comes to Trump, age isn't the only concern, right? I mean, when we spoke late last year, Trump had been served his third indictment. How many court cases is he currently facing? Yeah, when we look at the court cases, just like you've said, I think age is probably least of his concerns. The chief concern about is all, all these court cases you just mentioned. So since we last spoke, I think he's been indicted on more criminal charges. And I think for a lot of Kiwis and a lot of people listening, it can get very confusing, right? Because there's so many different court dates, so many little developments that everyone reports on. But this is kind of how things stand. So Donald Trump faces four criminal trials, 91 charges across those, and they're in four different cities in the U.S. So Washington, New York, there's one down in Florida, and there's one in Georgia. And aside from those criminal cases, he faces a challenge to be booted from the ballot in several of the states that's been heard by the Supreme Court at the moment. And his business is also under scrutiny for allegedly committing fraud. But as I say, the four criminal trials he faces are the biggest ones that he has to deal with. And are any of those criminal cases likely to go before the courts before November's election? Yes. Well, there's four, but we don't know how many. We can probably say for sure at least one of those cases will go to trial, and that will now be the one that gets underway on the 25th of March here in New York. That is the Stormy Daniels hush money case, it's called often. That will get underway in New York at the end of March. It was meant to be the election interference trial in Washington, But Donald Trump is doing what he does best with these court cases. He's managing to delay them as much as he can in the hope that they'll have to happen after the election or he will become president and simply can kind of get rid of these trials as well because he'll be the commander in chief. So I'd say one or two of these trials will most certainly go ahead before the election at this stage. Yeah, I mean, from the president's standpoint, certainly it's concerning to be behind Donald Trump at all, certainly by five points. That's the largest lead Trump's ever had over Biden in our polling. And I think what's more concerning from Biden's standpoint would probably be the overall trajectory of this. And I'm talking over the course of years. There's a trend here that's developing in our poll where the news is getting worse for Biden from a four point lead to a five point deficit now uh, over the matter of nine months or so. I mean, despite all of this, the polls are suggesting it will be an incredibly tight race, right? Why do you think Biden isn't further ahead of Trump with all these legal issues? Do you think people just don't care about Trump's supposed concerns or is Biden simply just that unpopular? I think it's a mix of different things. And to your first point about the polls, you are definitely right. It seems that, you know, Donald Trump is in the lead and it's a tight race. I was looking at a piece from The Economist here this morning And the latest numbers show that Donald Trump's on about 45% and Joe Biden's on about 42. And I guess the rest of the voters just haven't decided yet. And as for why Joe Biden is so unpopular, I think there are a couple of things I've really thought about this that kind of stick out. And I think the first one is age, which we've just talked about. You can go anywhere as a reporter and people are happy to tell you very brutally sometimes what they think about Joe Biden's age. The second is immigration. In December alone, uh, almost quarter of a million migrants illegally crossed the U.S. border into the United States. And the other reason that's become more prominent in the last couple of months against Joe Biden is this war in Gaza. Initially, quite a significant number of Americans supported Israel and the U.S. position here. And a new poll from the Associated Press actually found more than half of U.S. adults 
say Israel has gone too far in that war. And a lot of people are unhappy with the position that Joe Biden's taken there. So there are two or three issues that are dogging him at the moment. Uh, and it's just really interesting, Chelsea, because you look at Donald Trump, he faces four criminal trials. You would think that would sort of discount him instantly. But apparently that's not the case. From the outside looking in, the idea of America going back to Trump just seems so bizarre to a lot of Kiwis, obviously not all. Living there and talking to real Americans, why do you think they're thinking of going back to him? You know, if there was one thing I wanted people to try and understand or listen to about this conversation, it would be this question. And like you say, so many people are like, why are people bothering with this guy? But what I've sort of discovered in going to a number of these states is that Donald Trump can say what he wants that's outrageous. I mean, last night he talked about how, you know, Russia can invade who they want from NATO if they're not paying their bills. You know, simply outrageous things. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, Will you protect us? I said, no, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. But American voters that are Republican in favor of Trump, they do not care because what they care about is whether or not they can put gas in their car, whether they've got enough money to pay the bills, whether or not they can afford to send their children to school. They're not as concerned about some of these other issues like the court trials we talk about. I went to a rodeo in Iowa where the Republican caucuses were a few weeks ago. One of the questions I said to a lot of these Republican voters is, what do you think about these court trials that you see on the TV? And they say, you know, it's all BS. It's all made up. It's all crap. They don't believe it. And they don't really care. Like I say, they care about the issues that are in front of them and their families. You might see interviews in places like Washington or Los Angeles or here in New York, and you're going to get a very different answer here from people that you're going to find in Iowa, parts of Florida, Arizona, and in the Midwest. It's such a big country. I mean, it's a cliche, right? It's 350 million people here. But I think it was something like 86 million people voted for Donald Trump last time. They can't all be what people would call crazy voters. They all have genuine reasons why they're voting for him. And I think, yeah, when you go to some of these smaller places, these more rural places, they have a very different answer or a very different reasoning than they would here in New York. And I think that's something that we have to remember when trying to understand why these people are voting for Donald Trump. So if we're in a position where Joe Biden does win quite narrowly, could you see a repeat of January 6th happening? I mean, that would be hugely dramatic. And people are still talking about that day and are going to be for so many years. It's a day of infamy, really. But the reality is Donald Trump has such a grip on the nomination at this moment and the Republican Party. Something terrible could happen like that. God forbid that would happen. But I can't see you know, a world where we can definitely rule out that happening because Donald Trump still refuses to say that he lost the last election, wants to say that he's going to lose this one if he does, or wants to say he would have lost this if he does. So, yeah, look, it's a devastating sort of thing to think about, but it is possible something like that could happen again. And finally, Mitch, what are the key events you think we should be keeping our eye on this year that could impact the election race? I think the biggest events that could have an impact this year are the criminal trials, because Donald Trump, you know, if the election were held today, Chelsea, he could win the thing. But I'm not sure he could win the thing if he was convicted. And those trials are going to be very, very interesting. So we've got the one in New York. We've got one in Florida that's scheduled for May. Uh, we've got another one in Georgia in August or possibly later than that. And so what will be really interesting is to see whether or not Republicans start to move away from Donald Trump. 
or move towards an independent like Robert F. Kennedy or even to the Democrat side like Joe Biden. I think a lot of people can stomach Donald Trump now that support him, but I'm not so sure as many people will if he is convicted of a crime and there is a possibility he could be imprisoned by the start of this election. So it's going to be an incredible year. There are so many differences this year than there are in normal elections. You've got two candidates, one that's 81 years old and is kind of losing his way in the middle of speeches, and you've got another one that faces four criminal trials, 91 charges, and could be in jail. It is simply incredible. It's an overused word, but it is unprecedented, and it's going to be an incredible nine months until that election. Thanks for joining us, Mitch. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Ethan Sills with sound engineer Paddy Fox. I'm Chelsea Daniels. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.